Speaking the Language of Leadership Read by the author and coach Colin Luthard Thursday, February 25, 1942, 27,000 feet of He hadn't eaten anything since lunch, and it would be a while until he got home too. He was looking forward to a warm snack and waited for the other flight attendant to reach row 9 where he was sitting to serve him with drinks. Red wine and a glass of water would be just the right match. The coach stretched his neck over the headrest of the row in front to see how much longer the flight attendant would take when his seat gave way under him and the whole plane shattered like a bus hitting a pothole in the road. The glasses and the bottles of the drink cart rattled together and the flight attendant held her cart in the middle of the aisle. The coach could see people sitting up and looking around with wide eyes. A pling announced the fasten seatbelts sign. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the captain from the flight deck. As you noticed, we have hit some unexpected turbulence here on our route to Frankfurt tonight. Our weather radar did not indicate any disruptions. But for safety reasons, we shall suspend services for a moment. We apologize for any inconvenience and we shall continue services as soon as it is safe. The flight attendants released the brakes from the drink cart and started to push it down the aisle. She looked carefully at the passengers who were looking up or down the aisle with curiosity. She did not want to bump in any elbows, knees or heads, but she wanted to get the trolley to the galley and have it fastened as quickly as possible. The second bump was stronger than the first, and the bottles crashed even harder together and set the trolley jerking to one side. It pulled the flight attendant a little out of balance, and she tried to steer the trolley back into the middle of the aisle again. Can I have some coffee? The coach heard someone ask a few rows further back. He heard the flight attendant answer with pressed friendliness, I'll be back. The third bump jerked the plane upwards. If the coach had a glass of wine on his table, it was sure to have tipped and spilled. Sometimes you are just fortunate, even if it is a tough situation. When you're in it, you make the best of it and just keep going. The coach hoped that the team at GGC would have enough persistence and patience to get through any turbulence. Monday, March 1, 9.08 Carl Gruen, the production and logistic manager, and the R&D manager, David Swart, were talking about the last session together with the coach as they walked along the corridor at GGC to join Marcus, Krista and Philippa in the conference room 1 at GGC for the weekly meeting for the management team. I know the motions are not so difficult, but I'm not sure that this is what we need to do. Marcus had heard Carl coming through the door. Good morning, Carl. Hi, David. Marcus greeted them, interrupting their conversation. Morning, they returned in a chorus. You two seem eagerly involved in a subject. What's up? Does it involve us? Sure it does, Carl replied quickly. It's, it's all about this business of our journey, the way of communicating. I don't really get it. Nor do I, David added. Is this the only thing we should be doing to double our sales? Seriously? As to speak of it... Philippa said. I am doubtful too. Okay, wait a minute. Let's sit down first and see what we have here. Marcus sat and waited for the others to sit down at the table. He felt a growing level of impatience rising within that just wanted to shout, Go do it! And stop thinking about it! But he swallowed his own thoughts and took a deep breath. It is good that we have this extra time in the morning so we can talk about these things. Carl, you started. What's on your mind? Carl took a deep breath. The way of communicating with its four sides of the message and all these things, that's clear to me. And the tools that the coach proposed are really easy and structured. But I'm wondering, you know, if this should be so obvious to all of us to achieve our results, why haven't we been doing this before? I mean, we all communicate, but not in this way. Why isn't anybody doing this already? That is a valid question, Marcus encouraged Carl. 
I think it is good to express your hesitation to use the new skills we learned about. If we are not convinced to do this ourselves, we don't believe in the effect, we won't be doing this. Why do you think nobody is doing this already? I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Give it a shot, Carl, Marco said. After all, we are amongst ourselves. He thought for a moment. Well, if I look at my parents, they have never been communicating to me like that. They told me what to do and told me when I did something wrong. At school it was the same, even at my first job. And even today I tell my kids what I expect from them and let them know clearly when they did something wrong. Crystal leaned forward to join the conversation. So have you learned to use the dominant style a lot then? Does that always work? I mean, do your children always fulfill your expectations? Come on, Krista, they're twelve and fifteen. You know the answer. He shrugged his shoulders and looked at Krista, chuckling. Oh, so they're all little grown-ups, then. What other way of communication have you been trying with them? Well, that's the point. I haven't tried anything else, because I didn't know anything else. Now, looking at the model of the art of communication, it all seems so... Mm, Carl was looking for the words. It seems so easy, he said after a pause. It is easy, but you haven't tried it, right? Krista turned to David. What about you? For me, I've tried it, as you recall, and my wife, and it worked very well. In fact, it is easy. If you have the courage to remember to do it, at the time you need to do it, that is a bit of my problem. I get so overwhelmed at work, I don't stop to think about such things. But, but my point is more that we're talking business. We are at work, not at home. We're in business. I don't think this works in a business environment. What makes you think like that? Marcus inquired. I'm a manager. I'm responsible for my department and the results that we produce. I have to tell people this is my job. That is what they expect from me. Wait a minute, David. You're saying two different things here. One is, we react differently at home compared to when we are at work. And two, our job as a manager is to tell people what to do. Krista waited. If you say like that, it doesn't sound right at all, David admitted. But how else should I do if I'm responsible for the results? Krista turned to David and added, Just for the sake of thought, what would you suggest to Carl? What should he do with his teenagers at home? That's easy. Treat them like adults, with respect and appreciation for what they are and do. David was quick to answer. He's still responsible for them, though. And at work? David paused. I think I get your point. Marcus felt the support he was getting from Krista helped a lot in the conversation. Krista's coaching approach was admirable, and he didn't have the involvement of being superior to the others. Marcus turned to Philippa. What are your thoughts when you hear David and Carl? I think this part is important for me too, but I'm stuck a bit where Carl was. It appears too simple. If it was so simple, but nobody seems to be doing this, there must be a flaw in the concept. What I get from this is that we are simply not used to this way of communicating. Carl spoke slowly and thoughtfully. We are not brought up like this or taught that. We have to learn it to be successful. And there is no difference if we use it at home or at work. It's a more efficient and successful way of communicating and treating others. It is just sad that we have not done it earlier. But that is life. It's never too late to become better at something. So you're willing to go for it? Yes, Marcus. I will do my best, Carl said. You got me too, David grinned widely. But but how can we be sure that this will work for us? Philippa was still hesitant. Why shouldn't it work? We have never done it like that. Do you think we should continue like this? We always have done and just expect a better result? Of course not. But you can't do things you have never done before. Well, she hesitated. It didn't sound right like that either. Seriously, how do you start doing things, like learning to drive a car, if you have never done it? I study the rules and take lessons and practice in some easy situations. That is what we will have to do and keep doing, Marcus said encouragingly. Okay, if you believe it works, then I will give it a try and 
We will get it in the end, Philippa agreed. Krista was pleased and relieved too. This is great. We are becoming a team, and I am in it all the way. Great, Marcus beamed with relief. He had won two wins at the same time. He had won over his impatience and had won over the team to commit themselves. Let's make sure we stay and help each other like we did right now. The way we handle this hesitation this morning should be a guideline how we shall handle things in the future. Now we can get to our operational questions. Monday, March 1, 11.43. The management team meeting was coming to an end and Marcus Daum still had one thing to do. He had noted the positive effect Krista's involvement had earlier in the morning and Marcus wanted to give Krista the credit for that. It was time to practice some feed forward. While the other team members were getting ready to leave, Marcus turned to Krista, the HR manager. Krista, can you stay for a moment? Sure, Marcus. Krista sat while the others packed their things and left the conference room one. Now he was alone with Marcus. He leant back and looked at Marcus. Marcus felt his heart pounding. It was not often that he did these things and Marcus realized from the session with the coach he had to do more of it. He had written it in his travel guide. He glanced at his travel guide he always had with him these days and tried to visualize the four sides of feedback that was lying inside. He wanted to get it right. Krista, I want to come back to our pre-meeting this morning, if that is okay to you. Okay, Krista was wondering what was going to come. You know, this morning we started off with David, Carl and Philippa voicing negative comments about our journey. When you then started to ask coaching questions to your colleagues, I felt comfortable because I could see that these techniques really work. At the same time, I could see that your colleagues felt comfortable too with the way you were asking these questions. As a result, we learned a lot about ourselves and we moved closer together as a team today. Thank you for your help, Krista. Krista was surprised and uneasy as well. This was rare that someone thanked him so bluntly and gave him credit for his behavior. He tried to shrug it off and said, Asking these types of questions is part of my job at HR. Marcus recognized the pattern of behavior that the coach was talking about and smiled to himself. And today you chose to do that with your colleagues in the management team. That makes us take a huge step forward. Do more of that if you can. Marcus had an encouraging tone in his voice. Thank you, Krista. Krista stretched his shoulders and sat up and felt the hairs on his back stand up. It felt good. He looked at Marcus. Thank you, he said, smiling, empathizing the last word. Marcus was pleased too, both for himself and that he had used the tool of the four sides of feed forward and the reaction he could see in Krista. He smiled back at Krista. Marcus stretched too. Okay, let's keep the ball rolling, he said and started to get up and they both left the room. Tuesday, March 2, 1447. The HR manager, Krista Pink, was sitting at his desk at DGC, working on his computer. His desk was positioned at an angle to the door, so they had to look over his left shoulder to see the door. He preferred it that way, because he felt less disturbed when people passed his office. He didn't feel compelled to have to greet people when they passed. When Robert entered, he was busy working on a report that he had to send to GenConvert. It was due in the afternoon, and he still had to do some work on it. Robert entered and stood just inside the door. Hi, Krista. Can I have a moment with you? Um, just come in. Krista hesitated, looked at the screen once more. He was still in thought, and then he turned and looked at Robert. Hi, Robert. How are you doing? Krista knew most of the 120 people at DGC by name, especially the middle managers. He knew that Robert worked for David in R&D. Okay, I guess. I need to talk to you about something. Sit down. Krista always liked to listen to people and help them out. He prioritized their time. This time, though, he already regretted having done that. His mind was still on the report for GenConvert, and he should have declined Robert's wish to come in. But he realized that he didn't want to disappoint Robert. Krista felt tense due to his own commitments, both through the report and to Robert. He cursed himself quietly for not having had the courage to postpone Robert's request. Krista felt that he was stuck and had to live with the consequences for the moment. He straightened and looked at Robert. Tell me then. I don't feel I have the right means to do my job properly. I mean, I don't have the means to perform my, at my best. Why do you say that? 
I'd like to do a good job, and I think I have the knowledge and experience and, and what it takes, but it's not that. I feel I don't have the mandate to do my job, and that's so frustrating. When I think about my project, I just feel drained of all my energy. And that's not like me at all. It was obvious that Robert was looking for words. I'm sorry to hear that, Robert. You see, I'm responsible for managing the project for the new DC430. But when we have meetings, I get the idea that I'm not really in charge of the project. Have you spoken to David, your boss, about that? No. Why not? Krista, can we speak confidentially about this? Sure, Krista replied. Well, this is hard to say. I think David is part of the problem, Robert said slowly. Robert, we are alone here, just you and me. When was the last time you felt that way? What happened? It was only the other day when we had the project meeting. We were... We were all in the meeting room and discussing the project. Who was all? Krista inquired. David and my project leaders, Alexander, Lucas and Victor. Krista waited silently. David took practically all the decisions about the project. When I followed up in the meetings with my team, it was like I needed to check up with David on everything. I really want the DC430 to work, but right now, now I'm thinking of standing down as a project manager. That would be sad for you to do that, because you are the most experienced project manager we have. We know that we have seen that in other projects. What you say is that you feel that you have the experience and the responsibility, but not the freedom to decide. Even... Even more, it sounds like that you feel David doesn't trust you either. Robert made a confirming sound and nodded slowly. Krista could see the pain this caused to the committed engineer. He felt sorry for Robert in that moment. He knew that GGC counted on the success on the DC430. He knew that David was personally very interested about this project too. He had spoken about it many times in the management team meetings, but he was wondering if he was not exaggerating his interest. Krista also realized that something had to change. The project was running for 18 months now, and it would be running for another nine months, but under these conditions, Robert wouldn't last. Something had to change, or Robert would either be burnt out, or David would replace him. Either way, it would mean a disaster for both Robert and GGC. Robert, Krista said softly, thanks for telling me. This is a tough situation you're in right now. I am glad that you have explained it to me. You're absolutely right to tell me. How do you feel now? Robert felt a certain relief that he had spoken to Krista. But he had not really got a reaction to make him feel that things would change. He felt unsure and torn between hope and resignation. He saw himself going back to the dark hole of the project where he saw no light and only work that he could not control. He dreaded that idea. He felt stuck inside. Had the effort of talking to Krista and exposing himself and his boss really led to anything at all? I feel better, Robert spoke in a weak tone. Just talking about it makes me feel better. But I'm afraid to go back. Krista was struck by that response. He wasn't thinking at all about the report for GenConvert anymore. It was the last sentence that made him realize it was worse than he expected. He had taken Robert a great deal of courage and pain to come to the point to speak to him. Krista knew the signals. He had to act sensitively towards Robert and David. He couldn't leave Robert like this. Robert? Hmm? I know that you asked me if this conversation is confidential. If you want me to help you, I will have to ask you to release me from my word. What do you mean? What do you want to do? Robert was starting to feel hot. You've heard about our journey, that we are talking, and and that we have a coach in to work with the management team to have to be more professional. Yes. We work we work with many different issues in order to become better. Krista was wondering how he was going to deal with this issue without promising too much or exposing David. Our intention is to find new ways of approaching problems by looking at different issues. We only only started, but we are quite optimistic and committed that we can do 
better and do more. What has that got to do with me? Robert inquired uneasily. Nothing and everything. First of all, believe me, nothing is wrong with you. You are an experienced engineer, a professional project manager, and a committed employee. You are exactly the person who we want to have more of. Our company relies heavily on people like you. Robert was hearing this, but it was hard to believe. He felt too far away from all that. He was bewildered. What do you mean? Exactly what I said. I meant every word. The challenge we have as managers is to provide an environment so that you don't feel the way you feel right now. That is our goal. We have an idea what we'll need to do, and we are working on it. These words sounded like words Robert heard before. It meant restructuring new departments, new managers. Had they decided to replace him as project manager already? He felt the heat again. Do you want to reorganize? No, 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 no. That is the last thing we want to do. We want to change our way of approach. Krista realized he was not explaining it well. You are married, right? Yes. When a married couple don't get along very well, what do they do? They break up? No, if they don't want to break up before, what do they do to save their relationship? One might go and look for advice, like counseling. You're absolutely right. We don't want to break up. We don't want to lose any of our people. But but we know not everyone is happy, like you. So we took a counselor, a coach, to see what we need to improve as leaders. Wow, I didn't know that. And now I need your help. Every time we meet, we can bring cases to discuss and learn what we need to do to become better. I would like to bring your case along. Possibly, um, you know, I promise I will be totally respectful to you and disguise your identity. But, but like this, we are able to learn. May I do that? Robert thought about it for a moment. If Krista could really make sure that David didn't get to know where the story came from, it might work. But on the other hand, did you see, was a small organization. Everybody talked a lot. He was unsure. I don't know, he said. How will you do that? No, I will just say that my neighbor talked to me. The rest I can make up, and we can discuss it openly in our group. But I cannot share anything with you afterwards, as we discussed. But that would not be fair today, that either. Do you agree? And if I don't? Krista felt stuck. Look, you don't want to go back unless you know that something is going to change, right? I want to change this because I can't see you like this. I don't want anyone in our company to feel like you do. He looked at Robert. And I want you to know that this is nothing to do with you personally. That is, there are ways of changing that situation. Do you believe that? Okay, do it. But leave me out of the story. I promise. Robert picked himself up from the chair and started to leave. Thanks, Krista. It was worth coming. You take care, Robert, Krista said, and Robert left. Krista turned to the computer screen again and felt both a burden on his shoulders and a sense of purpose that he had not expected. Krista leaned back and went into a gaze. He was pleased that he had spent the time to listen to Robert. It was important and critical. His view caught his PC with a report to GenConvert he was working on before. Krista also realized that he had extreme difficulties in putting himself in front of others and demanding for his own right. That happened too often, he thought, but this time it was worth it. Wednesday, March 3, 8.11. Krista Pink, the HR manager, dialed the number of the coach. He wanted to get some advice on the conversation with Robert the day before. He was concerned about Robert's state. He was also unsure how he was going to address the issue with David and he felt responsible towards Robert for having taken the task to act, though he didn't know how. The call signal went through and Krista waited to be connected. Good morning, this is the coach speaking, he heard the answer. Good morning, it is Krista, how are things? They exchanged some small talk and Krista got to the point. He explained the situation with this employee, Robert, and David and explained that he wanted advice. I can hear that you want advice. I also realized that you are very concerned about this employee. 
You want to act and give relief to this employee. That is a noble ambition. I'm not sure, though, if you all are ready to deal with this, said the coach. The coach realized that the team had not only just started to grow together, the relationship between the individuals of the management team was still fragile. A situation like this could destabilize the trust that was growing slowly. It would be a disaster if one of the team members would grow suspicion of another for having an upper hand on personal information of some kind. He had to make sure that they dealt with this case in a totally neutral and inoffensive way. The next session could make room for that. Assuming for a moment we cannot change anything, how can we help this employee? I could check up on him and just socialize. That would help for a while, Krista thought a little more. Since I know about the project from the meetings, I could show more interest in his work. That would be very supportive for him. These are good ideas, Krista. During our next session, I want to prepare the grounds to be able to have more insight about situations like these. I will not address this case particularly, so you can comfort him about that. The coach revealed a few ideas. I think it is time to share more insight of yourselves in a fun way. This will allow us to reflect about such situations and see how you react. To do that, I will need your help though. Could you make sure that everyone brings along five of their favorite magazines and scissors and glue? Krista was puzzled. Sure, what about this employee? Tell him that we are working on the way you work at DGC in general, and he has nothing to worry. His story is totally safe. Stay close to him, though, so that you can observe any changes. That's good for me. Krista felt relieved that he didn't have to deal with hot potato himself either. Thanks. One more thing, Krista. Please tell your colleagues that they're all welcome to contact me for any support they need, just like you did. It was the right initiative to do. You need all the support you can get in this phase. Tell them if they have anything they want to discuss, they can always call or mail me, and then I can see how I can support you in the specific topics they have. Okay, good. Thanks. Anytime. Bye. Friday, March 5, 1415. Robert Bloor, the project manager, went through the corridor towards the production unit. He wanted to talk to Jim, who was running the morning shift, to see how the first production test of a prototype had been going. He saw Jim together with John, the shift leader of the late shift. They were standing close to the whiteboard at the entrance of the production hall. They were discussing intensively. Robert slowed down his pace as he approached the two and started to overhear the conversation. You should be taking more care of the quality of the setup of the parameters. Like this, we can ensure that we can meet the customer's expectations better, Jim said. In a, in a way, I could actually do that, replied John. But you have to understand that that would increase the cost of the product. Yes, but the quality is also a cost factor. Don't you see that? Look, I have done, done an estimation of the production cost, and if we increase the production time with your parameters, the production cost will increase by 1%. That is 1% bottom line. John was concerned about this issue. Only 1%? This is nothing compared to how important this is in the market. Do you have an idea how much this is worth to the customers? Jim was focusing on a larger picture. 1% is, is money for the whole company. You know, we are tightly controlled on the cost of the product. As, as we had done some misjudgments in the other parts, um, this is an option we are looking for. We are we're chasing cost here, John. Just respect that. You are just concerned about your own progress. You don't even consider the fact that the poor quality is limiting our chances on the market. On top of that, my guys have spent more time fixing all the faults you do during the night shift. They are fed up in cleaning up after you guys. Don't you know how long it takes to catch up if 25% of the production is lost? Robert turned to leave. This was not getting anywhere, and it was better to come back later, he thought. He passed the two arguing and went to the coffee machine that was located down the hall to the right of the whiteboard. He felt frustrated about the fact that he could not talk to them right now. And he also felt the anger catch on to him. He looked at the machine and stabbed violently at the buttons to select his drink. It's not the machine's fault, he heard from behind. Robert turned and saw Carl standing behind him, smiling. Anything wrong? No, it's okay. Robert tried to hide his feelings. Why should Carl be able to help? Just some issues with a new DC430, 
he said, hoping that Carl might hang in and ask more information. Ah, it will sort itself out, Carl tried to give encouragement. Sure. Robert felt a stab of disappointment as he realized that Carl didn't catch on to his lead. You're next. He took his coffee and gestured at Carl as he backed away, leaving Carl to select his drink. Robert walked back to the whiteboard, sipping his coffee. He saw from a distance that Jim and John were still arguing. That is always your issue, chasing cost. But the cost is not the real question here. If the customers see how poor the quality is, they won't be prepared to buy our product anymore, Jim pointed out. Don't exaggerate, John countered with a laugh. You know how easily the salespeople give away discounts? Besides, I've checked with Carl and he said we should keep the cost under control. So, so get off my back. He won't allow any increase in cost, I'm sure of that. You are so fixated on the cost alone, Robert heard Jim return the argument. This could have gone on forever, Robert thought to himself. It didn't look like they would be able to agree, and it didn't look like one of them was going to give up either. Robert continued passing the two down the corridor towards the offices. He would try again, another time, and talk to Jim. Friday, March 5, 1510.  Carl Gruen was in his office that overlooked the production. Like most of the other offices for the production engineering, planning and shipping, the offices were built on a landing that overlooked the production hall. A steel staircase led from the floor to the offices. Carl's office was the last one on a long row of offices on the steel landing running along the whole side of the hall. One side of his office had a row of windows to the outside and the other side was open towards the hall. From behind his desk, Carl could see the people moving in and out of the offices. He recognized Jim coming towards his office, and he took a deep breath and watched Jim enter. Can I come in? Jim asked. Carl pointed wordlessly towards the chair at his desk. These were never pleasant conversations. What do you have on your mind? I, I can't work the evening shift like this anymore. They're deliberately sabotaging the quality of our products. Just last night, they changed the setup of one of the machines that was running the DC-320. The result was that we lost 200 units of the base plate, which, which we had to catch up during the day. You, you have to do something about that. Did you manage? Yeah, I had to get everyone to focus on that yesterday, P put priority on that and made sure that, that we got the right quality from the start so that they did not lose any more. We got 100 and we will get remaining 50 today. Good man. Have you spoken to John? Well, of course I have, but he just doesn't get it. What did he say? Some stuff about GenConvert in Germany, ordered cost reduction. I don't know what he thinks he's doing. Carl frowned. That is actually nonsense. My guys really hate cleaning up after the evening shift. One of them says yesterday that, that we should get paid extra. I had promised them that I would talk to you. If I lose more of their motivation, we, we won't be able to keep the figures up like we do. You, you have to do something here, Carl. Okay, Jim, leave this to me. I'll talk to John. Thanks for telling me. Jim got up and left, and Carl watched him walk down the platform. Damn, Carl said loudly to himself. The evening shift can never get it right. He had to get things straight once and for all. Damn, he said a second time, realizing that Jim had passed the responsibility onto him. Again, it looked like Jim and John were not able to communicate and get on together, and now he had to sort things out. What was exactly the behavior they had said during the last session with the coach that they did not want to have? Damn, he said a third time, even stronger. Why was it so difficult to use the methods from the coach when you needed them the most? Monday, March 8, 907. Marcus Daum was already in the conference room one before the pre-meeting with the management team when Carl came running in. Morning, Carl. Marcus greeted him with a smile. How was your weekend? Yes, hi. Never mind the weekend. I need to talk to you. Sure. Is it private or business? It's a kind of both, Carl said hesitantly. Well, would you mind to talk about it when we're all here? Okay, I will do that. I guess it does concern what we're all doing here. Marcus became curious and ignored his notion and said, Okay, good. After a while, the team was complete. They'd exchanged their greetings and they settled in. So, how did last week go on your journey? Marcus asked the opening question. Carl spoke up. I don't know how about you all, 
but I'm not sure if we can do this on our own. What happened? Krista asked. You know, we had said what we want to achieve, and we all want that, so do I, but, but I think we can't move the whole thing on our own. There are so many issues to address and, and give feedback to the people. I don't know if we as a management team can move this around ourselves. What would you suggest instead? Krista inquired. It would be easier and we could change much faster if more people got to know these methods and tools. Like, like this, we could speak the same language and everybody would be pulling on the same rope. You mean we should expand our group and, and the coach and bring in more people? Why not? Carl sounded convinced. Just think of it. If everyone would improve their communication and understand better what is expected, this would move ahead things by itself. Flipper was looking at Carl and nodding supportively. You have a point there, Marcus said thoughtfully. I am wondering, though, if we are looking for an easy way out of the challenges too soon. What do you mean? David joined the discussion. On one side, I think that Carl has got a point. We should think about expanding the sessions with the coach to other levels or areas in the company. Before we follow Carl's suggestion further and decide when we want to expand our group let and let more managers participate in this kind of development, I think we, um, we want to look at another side. Because on the other side, I also hear that the whole idea of this journey is challenging for us. And by letting the coach do more coaching of other people, it would make it easier for us. What would be wrong with that? Carl asked. It's not wrong. It's an alternative. As a consequence of that, we would delegate the responsibility of driving the change to the coach. Is that the right thing to do? I don't think I'm prepared to do that. We are the management team at GGC. We drive the process and we are responsible for the results. Marcus's voice was firm. It is our job as leaders to develop the people to grow and match our needs so that they deliver the results we want. If it is hard to do by ourselves, we cannot delegate it. We can ask for help to be better at it. But we still have to do it. How do you see your role is in this? He looked at Carl, expecting an answer. You are right about one point. It is hard, and we still need more help. Philippa and David were nodding in approval. And what about our role as leaders here? Marcus stayed on the track. I guess if we want our people to take responsibility and, and take initiative, we have to face our music too, David confirmed. We just do it. I think so too. As hard as it is, we just see through, Philippa added. Krista moved forward in his chair. Talking about help, I spoke to the coach last week and he will definitely help us in, with any case we have. In fact, he pointed out that if there were any particular cases we wanted to address, we should let him know so that he can prepare himself in advance. Great, Marcus added pleased. Just what we needed. He also asked me to inform you to bring along five of your favorite magazines, paper, glue and scissors to the next session. Don't ask me why, Krista said, shaking his head. Thanks, Krista. Let's come back to the point. What is hard to do then? Carl still felt that it was his topic that was being discussed. There are so many issues to address and I don't think I know where to start. And then I realize that I should have done something differently, but that idea only comes after the situation has happened. Then it's too late. Yeah, it's like you want to rewind the tape and play the scene again, just with a different set of words, Philippa summed her own feelings. What do you think the coach would suggest in this case? Marcus tried to bring the thoughts forward. Try it on one simple case at a time, David answered. I think it is time we do more of that. We are learning about these tools, but we, we have to dare to use them more often. Otherwise, we will not feel comfortable at using them at all. We have to get out of our own comfort zone and start to do what we aim to do and stop talking about it. That goes for me too. Marcus paused as he felt a growing sense of frustration as still nothing really had changed in his team after two months. They looked silently at their managing director, knowing that he had a point. They had to find the courage themselves to start using the methods. Marcus pushed on. We have another couple of weeks until the next session. 
Let's make a point to move forward. Next Monday, we all come up with one thing we would like to try and then we do it consistently for a week, okay? Okay, let's do it, David said first. They all agreed. Wednesday, March 10, 8 or 12, David Swart was reading the new mails that had come into his mailbox. He opened the next one from Michael, the R&D director who was sitting in Germany at the headquarters in GenConvert. From Michael Grau. To David Swart. Subject. Project Portfolio Review Board. I have received the go to collect and report all R&D investments and activities globally and report them to our Vice President R&D. Attached Excel template will allow you to log all development and research projects that are greater than an investment of 4 man weeks or 10k euro in cost. I expect your complete report by March 19. Don't hesitate to contact me for any questions. We have been talking about the introduction of the corporate PPR board within GenConvert Group. Now is the time to act. Have a great day. Michael Grau, Bereichsleiter Entwicklung, GenConvert AG. David read the mail twice and swallowed. He had met Michael a couple of times, talking about R&D projects and how development projects were going. He knew that Marcus was reporting the cost and progress of DGC's R&D activities in his board meetings. So why this? Why did they want to control his projects? A portfolio review board? Would they take decisions on their projects? What could he reveal and what should he hide? Who was going to get him that data? David's mind started racing. This was very unexpected. He had heard rumors about such an R&D board, but David had not paid any attention to the discussion. He remembered now that Carl had been talking about a purchasing board a while ago. But that was purchasing. He had not bothered about it or considered that they would have the same approach with R&D. David got up from his desk and turned his back to the computer. This allowed him to look out of the window into the grey March morning. His office overlooked DGC's parking. He scanned the rows of cars parked and got caught in observing the different levels of snow and ice that still covered many cars. It had been very cold for the last couple of weeks, so that the snow on the cars had not melted. It was still like some cars were wearing a white woolen hat. David pulled his thoughts back as he recognized Robert getting out of a car that had just pulled into one of the spaces. Robert would be the person to help, he thought. David sat down at his desk again and got busy printing the attachment of the mail. But his mind was still stuck on the mail from GenConvert. He felt hot. He didn't want to make a mistake. From over the screen, David could make out some movement in the office that he connected to Robert's arrival. He wanted to give him a couple of minutes to settle in, but David felt he could not wait with this anymore. He got up and left the office. He found Robert at his desk, putting his laptop into the docking station. Morning, Robert. I need to speak to you in my office. David went right to the point. Oh, hi, David. Sure, Robert felt ambushed. Right now? That would be best, David said, and left to go back to his office. He sat behind his desk and looked at the template again that he had printed as Robert walked in. Close the door and sit down, David gestured at Robert. As Robert sat down, he realized how pale and weak Robert looked. I am looking forward to spring. This cold weather's getting on me, David tried to make some small talk. You wanted to speak to me right away, Robert said in a quiet voice, ignoring the comments. Yeah, right. I need your help, Robert. I want you to focus on a task I got from Germany. It's top urgent. They want us to give an overview of all the R&D projects we are running. I need you to get this template they sent completed by the end of the week. David pushed the printed papers to Robert. Robert was shocked. But what about the DC430 project? Leave that aside. I need you to complete this list by Friday. But, but I can't. We are testing the new frequency and spectrum in the lab. We will get the results on Thursday night. This will delay the project for a week. Ah, David waved his hand in a disapproving way. This is more important right now. Make sure that you get all projects listed that are greater than 100k sec. I will forward you the instructions by mail. Get it done, okay? David had a voice that didn't allow for any truthful answer. Robert took the papers and said, okay, quietly. He got up and left the office. Reaching his desk, Robert slumped down on his chairs, put both elbows on his desk and buried his face in his palms of his hands and closed his eyes. He didn't want to see anything. He tried to recover from what had happened in David's office. He had been running the DC430 project for over 18 months and suddenly David said it was not important. 
He had actually ignored the fact that they had been working late at nights to solve the problems. All of a sudden, the delay of a week was nothing. Robert didn't understand this. He wondered if they were going to scrap the whole DC430 project because of the problems they were having. Or was Germany going to stop them? In the last meeting, he had felt that David did not trust him to master the project. He had not listened at all. Now he had to do a stupid list. What was this list for anyway? Perhaps Krista had spoken to him after all, and now David was pulling him off the project. Robert felt scared that this was the case. David was going to fire him as project manager. But that couldn't be. There was nobody to take over. It didn't make any sense. What was he going to tell his team? He could not just ignore the fact that they were producing new test results for DC430 and they expected him to review them tomorrow night. Robert thought more about his project. That is what he had been doing. That was what he was good at, he thought. He felt strength come back as he thought more about the project. It felt familiar. After all, this project was his life, his career. It was his proof that he was worth something. He could not just drop it. That was what he was paid for. He lifted his head from his hands and opened his eyes. What happened in David's office just hadn't happened. It didn't fit into his day or into his project, he decided. He stretched and took a deep breath. Solving the DC430 problems was a priority. He was going to prove that to all. He took another deep breath and got up and left his desk. Robert made his way to the lab to see how the tests were getting on. Friday, March 12, 1337. Robert Bloor sat at his desk looking at the Excel files of the results from the week. He couldn't really concentrate anymore. The fact that he ignored David's request to fill in the list of projects for corporate was still looming above him. He didn't have the energy to ignore this anymore, but he had decided to concentrate on the project instead. Now he hadn't the time anymore to complete the report correctly. Just the same, he decided. He would spend some time on it before he left for the weekend. Robert opened his explorer and searched for the last R&D forecast file that had been circled in David's department. Every quarter, they had to do a list of projects for Philippa's group in accounting. This would have to do, he reckoned. Robert pulled the file and opened it. It contained a list of projects they had been working on the last December. He pulled the template that he got from David earlier in the week and compared the columns. David's template did have a few more columns, such as expected end date. But Robert thought he could do a good estimation on those instead. Copying the columns from one file into the other and making some reasonable estimations for the elements in the remaining columns, Robert completed a list of 15 projects. It looked good considering that he only took 20 minutes to do it. He felt relief that he could send some result to David. He would surely have comments about it if he thought it needed more work. Robert attached the file to the return mail and hit send. He was glad it left his desk in time. Tuesday, March 16, 9 or 12. Robert Bloor changed the view of his mailbox from inbox to view all and chose the sort by name button. You scrolled to D as in David and looked through the list of mails. He hadn't seen his boss David on Monday and he was looking to see if he had missed the answer mail or any questions. There was nothing. He was wondering what David was thinking about the list he compiled for him on Friday. Would he notice that it only took him a few minutes to copy and paste from another file? Were there mistakes in the estimations he had done so quickly? And what about the DC430 project? Should they continue officially? Or was it on hold? It was the most significant project for DGC for a long time and he could not expect that it was just put on hold like that. It had to go on, and he and his team needed the management confirmation in one way or another. Normally, Robert reasoned, he would just go to David and give him a call or talk to him, but now there was too much uncertainty and it felt very uncomfortable to face David. He'd rather wait, Robert thought. But he was still nervous to know about the list and the project. Robert picked up the mail to David from Friday and chose Forward button and wrote a new mail. From Robert Blanc to David Swart, CC, Marcus Daum. Subject, Respond, Forward, Project Portfolio Review Board. Hi David, find attached the list of projects I compiled as requested. I am wondering if this suits your needs. Furthermore, I am wondering how much further we shall delay the DC430 project. Please advise. Best regards, Robert. 
He chose the Confirm Read mode and hit the Send button. Tuesday, March 16, 10.01. Robert Bloor was walking along the corridor towards the coffee machine as he saw David coming towards him. Morning, David. Ah, Robert, how are you? Oh, fine. I'm fine, Robert lied. I'm fine, he said quietly one more time, trying to convince himself. Then he gathered all his energy together and asked, What did you think about the report I sent you? The report? The list of projects. Oh, that, yes. David had other things on his mind, because he still had until the end of the week before he had to send the list of projects to Germany. He had passed on the task to Robert in order not to think more about it until the deadline. He was going to look at it on Thursday. That was what he had planned. David remembered, though, that he had scanned the Excel file and thought it was good that Robert had found so many projects and that all the columns were filled in. That list is great, he boomed. Great work pulling that together. David wanted to give Robert some credit for the work. After all, that is what the coach had taught them, and David thought that it was a good opportunity to show his appreciation to Robert. I like the list. Thanks. Good. I was wondering. Robert managed a fake smile. He felt uncomfortable about the fact that the list only took him a couple of minutes to do, and he got so much praise for this stupid list. How could that be so good? He wanted to get away from David. I, I got to go to the lab, Robert excused himself. Yeah, do that, David encouraged him and left Robert standing in the corridor. Tuesday, March 16, 10.22. David Swart reached his office and went round his desk and sat down. He hit the keyboard and the screen of his computer came to life, showing his mailbox. He saw the last mail from Robert and read it. Then he saw that the mail had been copied to Marcus as well. David felt a sudden sting in his stomach. Why had Robert done that? Why did Robert want to bypass him? Didn't Robert trust and respect him anymore? David didn't approve of this type of behavior. Something had changed, and he would have to observe Robert more closely, he thought. His relationship with his most valuable employee had becoming too much of a bumpy ride. You have been listening to a chapter of Speaking the Language of Leadership, read to you by the author and coach, Colin Lutart. If you would like to know more about Speaking the Language of Leadership or the method presented in this book called Its Four Sides of Leadership and reach out to me, Coach Colin, then you simply write an email to language at itsfoursides.com. That's language at itsfoursides.com. And we'll take it from there. Take care.